Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Are you grateful for the presence of God this morning at all of our locations? He's a good God, amen? He's a good God. My name is Mike. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, I bring you greetings from Boise, Idaho, where on my way home on Friday, Thursday, I can't remember what day I was on the, I was in the airport, but uh, the pastor that was taking me back to the airport received a phone call from a lady in the church who had just attended the revival service that I had preached that night, and she said, Pastor, you're never going to believe it. She said, I have been carrying guilt and shame from an abortion that I had two decades prior. And she said, last night I was set free from the guilt and shame that came from that abortion. So let's thank God for all that he has done. Come on, at all three of our locations today, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Mike. And it's a privilege to be here with you. If you are here for the very first time, we know that finding a church home can be a, a huge struggle. So we're doing everything we can to uh, just kind of break down the barriers and awkwardness of attending a church for the first time. Is it too loud? Is the service too long? Is it too spirit-filled? Is it not spirit-filled enough? Imagine having my job. Uh, and uh, we're just really grateful that you're here, and we would love just to say hello. So if you fill out that purple U card, it's on the seat in front of you. You could turn that in at the lobby at all of our locations today. We just want to put a free gift in your hand and say uh, hello. Listen, we are seven days away from the launch of our south location in White Oak. Come on, somebody. We're going to the south side. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's important that you, you consider this. A location can only be born once, okay? I train church planters all around the country during the week. Most of the time, I jump on an airplane on Monday or Tuesday and get back Thursday or Friday, and I tell the same thing. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I train all these guys, and I say, I got to tell you something. I say, you got to start this thing strong because it can only be birthed once. You can try to relaunch all you want, but we all know when the official start date is, and that is next Sunday. So here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask if you have a friend that is in Garner or Clayton or Benson or just a friend maybe that won't come to a traditional style church, but you could trick them into joining you at a movie theater, I, I want to encourage you that over the next seven days, would you pray and fast and consider being a little bit more bold maybe than we have been over the summer? and invite someone to join you. And if that means you need to go to the South Campus for their launch to help them start strong, you can do that and make sure uh, that they get off on the right foot. How you start is the most important part of launching a location. And so if you're free next weekend and you're not serving at any of our other two locations and you wanna go over there, their service starts at 10 a.m., I bet you they would love to have the momentum and the faith and the contagious nature of worship that you bring to them, it would be extremely helpful. It would also just help if you invited some people to join you. So uh, that is next Sunday at 10 a.m. at the White Oak Regal Movie Theater. Let's just take a moment and pray. Uh, we've done all that we could do. We've invested over six figures into the launch of this location. In case you're wondering, it's very expensive to launch a church. 
And uh, it, we don't do things cheap. There won't be just like a guy with acoustic guitar, ukulele, singing Kumbaya. We go all out. What you see at both of our locations currently is what they will get at the third location. And none of that is um, cheap. <laughs> it's very costly. So we've done all that we can do, but we're believing that God is going to do what only he could do, which is draw all men to himself. And I believe the divorce rate is going to be lower in Garner. The addiction rate is going to be lower. The teen pregnancy rate is going to be lower. That abortion clinics are going to have to shut down because people are now, are now understanding who they are in Christ because of this church called Focus on the South Side. So let's just pray together right now at all of our locations. Father, we love you. Thank you for giving us the grace to multiply giving us the grace to expand our territory. It is not for our name's sake, but for your name's sake that we extend our, our borders, that we, that we stretch out our tent posts, that we say, Lord, if you've called us to it, you will see us through it. And I just pray for Pastors Ed and Yvette and the team there that they would feel your love, that they would feel your grace, that they would know that they've done all that they could do, but you're going to do something even greater. Because it is by the power of your spirit that we send them out and commission them. And we thank you, God, in advance for the souls that are going to be one for the kingdom at that location. For the people who are moving into that area of town looking for a church and they'll find it at Focus. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I am uh, excited about Saturday's VVR. If you haven't heard, we're, we're getting ready for our fall growth season as we turn 10 years old and we would love to rally the troops. I have a very specific word just for those who attend the VVR, so focus.church slash VVR if you would like to join us for that. And then I, I, I think we would be uh, remiss if we did not recognize the tragedy that took place today or this week with the canine deputy, Ned Byrne, of the Wake County Sheriff's Office. Uh, we just want anyone in law enforcement to know that we are in full support and that our hearts grieve the loss of an officer. And we are praying for their family and the officers that go to this church that uh, put their lives on the line every single week to protect us and to serve us. And we're very grateful. And so if you think about it, this week, just thank an officer. If there's an officer in line at lunch behind you, it would be wise of you to cover their bill or at least shake their hand and just say thank you for their service. They're putting their lives on the line, and I just think it's really important that we that we honor them. Can we thank God for all of our uh, police officers, first responders? Thank God for them. I know that our worship leaders at our west location robert hunter serves the wake county sheriff's office and was very close to deputy ned and so our hearts are with all of those who were close to him and um and for those that are still out there looking for um the one who took his life so uh romans chapter eight if you were stranded alone on a desert island and could only take one chapter of the Bible with you, Romans chapter 8 should be top of the list. I would encourage you, if you are ever stranded on an island, if you're ever going to a country where the Bible is prohibited, the distribution of God's word is prohibited, and you can only stick one sheet of paper in your wallet in case you get kidnapped and are stuck held hostage for years, 
Romans chapter 8 is the chapter you probably want to rip out of a Bible and put into your wallet in case Al-Qaeda ever comes and gets you. In case you're ever trapped by ISIS, you want Romans chapter 8 in your back pocket. Let me tell you, if you're into scripture memorization, the best place to start outside of maybe John chapter 1 is Romans chapter 8. It is rich. It is deep. We could spend the rest of my lifetime and your lifetime in Romans chapter 8 and not even crack the code not even get to the surface of the depths of the richness of the theology that comes with Romans chapter 8 it has been said that Romans 8 is the sparkle of the diamond that is Romans that is set on the golden ring that is the Bible meaning Romans chapter 8 is a big deal uh, it's the crown jewel of scriptures Romans 8 begins with no condemnation and Romans 8 ends with no separation. Oh, it starts with there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And then it ends with that there is no separation from the love of God. This is really good news. If you wanted me to sum up Romans chapter 8, it begins with no condemnation. And it ends with no separation. I have such a strong word today, but I want to allow the weight of the verses to carry and to hold the strength of the sermon today. Romans chapter 8, we are basically halfway through the book of Romans. Next week, we will begin a brand new series titled At the Movies. And so as we put a pause in Romans chapter, in the book of Romans, at Romans chapter 8, we will pick this up in the future. Romans chapter 8, are you ready? Okay. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for our and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. 
Death is no longer an option because Christ lives in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if, we, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We've been talking about adoption a lot lately. I want to let you know this is a this is a, a an adoption house. This this is 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 an orphanage, and we come as slaves, but we leave as sons. And we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. I don't know what your inheritance situation looks like here on earth, but your inheritance situation in the spirit is very strong, very strong, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Are you still with me? Okay, I want you to really stay with me for the next several, for several moments. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is being revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it to it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Until now. <laughs> until now. When? Now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. If you came in here today hungry for anything, you must become hungry to be adopted by the Father. That feeling of emptiness you feel is your soul groaning for adoption. It is your spirit groaning for acceptance and affirmation that cannot come from anyone else or anything else but Abba, Father. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? <laughs> but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with, for it with patience. Are you still with me? Okay, we're still going strong here. It's such a powerful chapter. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I don't know if you've ever been there in worship before, where you're like, I don't even know the words of this song. I don't even have the words to pray. My situation is too complex for my mind to even wrap itself around, but my soul groans for the Spirit of God. And what happens is you begin to communicate in a language that is out 
outside of the earthly realm and it begins to groan with the spirit and what you begin to realize is that you are in communion with such such heavy presence that it's able to bring peace to your soul groans too deep for words for and he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of god and we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose for those whom he foreknew we're gonna really hone in on verse 29 today there's i could really preach one verse I could preach sometimes one of the words that he uses, but we're going to hone in on verse 29 for most of our time together. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Whew. If you've been justified by faith, you are in the process of sanctification, and sanctification ends in glorification. I love the Lord. We're almost there. (laughs) What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also... Also with him graciously give us all things. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who was at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? God did not just send his son to die for you, but now his son is praying for you interceding for you filling the gap for you in the spiritual realm what what kind of god is this that not only sends his son to be sacrificed on a cross and then raised from the dead but continually intercedes on our behalf not just a statue that we come to worship once a year not just something that we come to worship once a week but instead a communal god that communicates and intercedes with us what kind of relationship is this that the same god that put the stars in the sky the same god that put the earth in motion the same god that is caring for all of his children also intercedes for you and for i Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We, We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, I am rest assured, I have the assurance that neither death nor life, nor angels, angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we thank God for His goodness and His grace? Father, there is no condemnation and there is no separation we just read our testimony and we are forever grateful for the good news (laughs) it's the good news we thank you for the depths 
of the writings of Paul in your holy scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good, amen? I feel like my work is done, but I'm gonna, I got a couple things that I'll share with you, and then uh, we will go out justified by faith. We will leave in the grace of God. We will leave as heirs with Christ, sons of God, adopted into the family, Abba, Father. I'd first of all like to just give you a very simple point. Now means now. Now means now. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation. Well, when is now? Not back then, not in the future. Now means now. Any parents in the room? Now means now. When should I do it? Now. When, when should it be done? Now. <laughs> what does now mean? Now. At this present moment, he is actively pushing back darkness on your behalf. There is no more condemnation. When? When does no condemnation come to my life? Now. Now means now. At this present moment, you no longer need condemnation in your life. When is now? Now is now. When I get my act together, nope, now is right now. When I finally figure all this stuff out that I need to figure, nope, now is now. After all that you've been through, now is now. There is now, therefore, there is no condemnation. When is, it, when is no condemnation coming? Now. Not later. Now. Not at the end of the service. Not at the end, not, not, when you, not when you start to tithe, not when you start to serve, not when you start to do all the behavioral things that you were taught that are good tools for discipleship, but don't let them become rules for discipleship. Now means now. Once you've become in Christ, once you are in Christ, now there is no condemnation. Now, if you are not in Christ, you are in Adam. And there is condemnation for those who are not in Christ. So my recommendation to you is that if you don't have the assurance of your salvation, come into the family of God so that you can now not have any condemnation. The moment you, the moment you place your faith in Jesus, now means now. My second observation, no means no. No is absolute, meaning there's not a percentage of condemnation left once you become in Christ. Now there is some condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This no is a full no, full stop, no condemnation, none. It is gone. Everything that separated you from God when you came into Christ is gone. No means no. Well, what? No. What about? No. When? Now. How much? None. How many? No. It stops being measured and it comes at the present moment. This is good news. If you are in Christ today, now means now, which is right now at this very present moment, at this time, right there. If you are receiving this message, I'm talking about right now. If, if you're watching this in the future, it's now. If, you're, if you time travel back to the past and you're watching this message, it's now. And what does no mean? No means no. No condemnation. None whatsoever. 
Now means now and no means no. Pastor, that seems pretty simplistic. Well, I've just read you 40 million verses that prove the point that there is now no. There is therefore now no condemnation. Now and no. Are you grateful for that? There's not a timeline placed on um, when you won't feel condemnation. See, we, if you are in Christ and you feel condemnation, that is a battlefield of the mind right there. You have convinced yourself that you're putting yourself back under law when Christ has said, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now means now. No means no. I know that seems super complicated, but it's not. But we've forced ourselves into thinking that now doesn't mean now, and no doesn't mean no, and that maybe later, maybe sometime in the future, if I only didn't, if I only did, if I only did it, now means now, and no means no. And there are five affirmations that I want to give you about the character of God that I think are important for us to end this portion of the book of Romans in, and I, I, it won't take very long, so you'll be very surprised um, how quickly we will go through these five things. It says in verse 29 and 30, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those who he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he justified, and those who, those who he justified, he also glorified. Uh, the first thing you need to know is, is foreknowledge. Foreknowledge. God knows all things. You need to know that nothing has caught God off surprise. Nothing on the news is God's not leaning in. What are they going to say next? God's not shocked or surprised. He's not uh, flustered or uh, moving off the throne in case something has shaken him. He has the foreknowledge. He knows everything about everything. He actually exists outside of the things that you try to construct in your mind to describe God. He's outside. He made time for you and I. He doesn't need time. <laughs> he is all things. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. And so I would submit this to you. If you are in Christ, then you can be rest assured that God knows what he is doing. You don't need a fortune teller because God has foreknowledge. You don't need someone to tell you what's going to happen in the future because God knows all things. You serve a God that is full of knowledge, full of wisdom, and full of understanding. And so when you walk with him, you get prophetic glimpses into the future. But we serve a God that has foreknowledge. He knows. For those whom he foreknew, he knew you before you were even born. Do you know that? On purpose, baby. Not an accident. 
You were not a one-night stand. You were not a mistake. I don't care what your father or mother have ever articulated over your life. You are not a burden to this earth. It was not an accident. God knew exactly what he was doing when he fashioned you together in the womb of your mother. If there is anyone that loves you, it's the one who formed you. The one who loves you the most is the one who made you. If you get into the hands of the wrong father that didn't make you, sometimes you can feel like a burden, but you are not a burden, my friend. You are a part of the family of God, and he wants to adopt you as sons and daughters today. He foreknew. He knew all things. The second thing you need to know is about predestination. He planned all things. (laughs) Not only does he know all things, but he planned all things. (laughs) He has plans for you if you are a believer. He's predestined you. This section of verses is designed for those who are in Christ, those who have left the the realm of being in Adam to be joined in Christ, and he has plans for those who believe. This is not some aimlessly wandering through the earth. I'm just trying to figure out my life, life, life. Who should I marry, marry, marry? Where should I work, work, work? What should I do, do, do? God has plans for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you are in a season of wandering, and I want to let you know, not only did he have the foreknowledge when he created you of what he was doing, he has also predestined you for greatness. He's predestined. He's got plans for you. You got plans? I don't know. He's got plans. I was preaching to a group of young adults um, last, the week before last in Virginia, and I told them, I said, I never went through your phase of life. I met my wife when I was 14. We got married at 19, and we were parents at the age of 20. So I made plans for myself. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're sitting there just playing video games, waiting for the Next great thing to happen in their life. And I had to get to work. Kids make you go to work. (laughs) You want to know God's plan for you, have a child. You'll figure it out real quick. You'll have to start making something happen. (laughs) You'll start praying a lot harder saying, God, what are your plans for my life? Because I done messed this up. (laughs) I looked at those young people and I said, God has so such good plans for you, but you got to get off the Xbox to really have a relationship with him and understand it because he's predestined great plans for you. Nothing wrong with playing video games. It's just something wrong if it's all you do, if it's all you think God has for you. Foreknowledge, predestination. And then it it says that he's called us. So calling is the next one. He calls all people. There is not a single person at the sound of my voice at all of our locations today that is not called. Oh, you're not an accident. You were not born on accident. Not only that, God knew you were going to be born. God predestined you. And not only that, he has called you specifically. There is one thing that everyone in this room could do that no one else in this room can do like you can do. Once you discover that, it gives your life here on earth some meaning and some purpose, and you could walk out your calling. That's why I love our our party with the pastor followed up by Serve 101, because we're giving people glimpses of their calling. Your calling isn't fully 
maybe articulated through the local church, but a portion of that calling can be lived out here within the context of the local church. Are you called to serve people? Absolutely. Then you should be on our host team. If you're called to love on the next generation and to serve the next generation, then you should serve in kids and in youth. If you're called to, to bring worship atmospheres to all of our locations, then maybe you should be on the, on the worship team. I don't know what he's called you to, but I know he's called you to something very specific. Some people are called to finance the kingdom. I've met people who couldn't greet to save their life. They'd be the angriest person you've ever met. But God had equipped them with business mind and with funding the kingdom. And, 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 and I, I make no apologies. If you are gifted with funding the kingdom, you are making an equal difference as the person who is greeting outside. He calls all people. The Bible says that his gifts and his call are irrevocable, meaning they, they cannot be changed nor morphed. I've met people singing in karaoke bars that I knew were called to sing on the platform. And if, as soon as they become in Christ, you watch the anointing on their life just <sighs> calling. Then there's justification. Are you grateful that he calls us, but he also justifies us? Man, this is a good this is good news. You don't have to do you don't have to try harder <laughs> anymore. You're called and you're justified. Meaning I can live this thing out without having to prove myself to anybody here on earth. That if I minister before the Lord purely, rightly and holy, he'll take care of the rest. I'm preaching to you, but I'm really preaching to God. Because I'm called to preach and I'm called to minister before the Lord. And if I've ministered before the Lord, it will minister to you justification he justifies all who believes and so you don't have to uh obtain some sort of permission slip to work harder for the sake of your salvation today which is so freeing that you are no longer a slave or contractually obligated but instead you are adopted you've been adopted by christ and then john you could come the last thing is this. We, he has foreknowledge, predestination, calling, justification. And then he says, those whom he justified, he also glorified. <laughs> Glory. You ever been to that church before? Glory. Do you know what that means? Do you know what it means to be glorified? It means that sanctification has completed itself in your life. We, see, you are sanctified in process with Christ, and at the end of sanctification is glorification. So every time I've worked closer to God, every time I've, I'm being sanctified, and every time I'm, I'm, I'm leaving my old self behind, I am, the end result of sanctification is glorification. When we all get to glory. Glory is not only somewhere where you go, it is something that you reflect. I'm not just going to glory. I'm bringing glory to earth. I don't just look forward to glory. I want to be an agent of glory while I'm here. Well, this is important because it says not only does he justify us, but he glorifies us. <laughs> you ever met someone that was not glorified? They're not fun to be around. I have days where the glory of God doesn't shine so bright. Sitting on 
the tarmac and the airplane for hours trying to figure out whatever's broken, the glory meter starts to go. You're just like, no, glory, 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 glory. What's amazing is that the longer I walk with God, the more I see glory in everyday things. Glory is no longer something I just experience at a revival. Glory is no longer something I just experience when the music is good. Glory is something that you can walk in every day of your life. When you wake up and see your newborn child, glory. Glory. When you wake up and the sun is shining, glory. When you turn your car on and the gas meter isn't totally empty, you say, glory. When you walk, when you walk, when you walk, through, when you walk through trials, when you walk through trials, when you walk through tests, when you're grieving the loss of a loved one, when you're grieving the loss of a parent, that you just say, God, what can you do? He's like, I'll just get glory. He has this unique ability to squeeze glory out of tragedy. Even when things don't go as planned, he gets glory. Are you an agent of glory or are you an agent of gloom? Because he has, he foreknew what he was going to do in your life. He predestined, he called, he justifies, and he glorifies. So may God be glorified in this church. That everything we do bring glory to God. That we be a reflection of his glory. I don't want this church to be a Mike Santiago reflection. I don't want it to be a good worship reflection. I, all those things are fine. What I want this church to be is a reflection of God's glory. Stephen is being thrown. Rocks, rocks are being thrown at Stephen. And they said his face shone with the glory of God. That's how God gets glory out of tragedy. Rocks are being thrown at Stephen, and they said his face reflected the glory of God. Moses comes down from an encounter with God on the mountain, and it says that he had to hide his, his face. Why? Because the glory. God is interested in not just justification, but glorification. Are you grateful that you're not just saved? but that you can walk into a dimension of glory, a measure of glory that maybe you've never walked in before. I'm believing that for your life. I'm believing that for your marriage, that your marriage will reflect God's glory. I'm believing that, you, that your season of grief will, will, will actually reflect God's glory. I don't know how, and I know it's challenging, and I know it's tough. You, 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 know, you lost a loved one, it's tragic, and it's, 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 it's heavy, but God still gets glory. You go through a miscarriage. You thought that this was a gift from God, and now you look at the miscarriage, and it doesn't feel like a gift from God. God still can get glory. I don't know how he does it, but he does it every time. He does it every He gets glory out of the hardest seasons. And the longer I follow God, the more glory I want. There's not enough. There's not enough. God, send your glory to this house. Let's pray together at all of our locations. God, send your glory down to this house. We want your glory, God. We want your glory. Those who you justify, you also glorify. And so we ask, oh God, right now, that you would do in us like you did at the church in Rome. And just not just predestine us, not just call us, not just justify us, but sanctify us to glory in Jesus' name.
May we walk this thing out this week just overflowing with glory. May our faces reflect the faces of children who were just adopted. <laughs> May our smiles reflect the faces of those who are justified and glorified. God, help me get outside of my own flesh. Help me get outside of my own self and to be rest assured that you have justified and that you are sanctifying and glorifying us as a body. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you because this has been rich in theology, rich in depth. We now have a new perspective on what it means to follow you, and we are forever grateful for it. We don't take it for granted. We respond in worship. We respond in following closer to you. These aren't rules that we have to follow. This is what we get to do because of your grace. We are justified by faith in you, not so that we can keep on sinning, but so that we can fall more in love with you. And we want the glory, God. We need revival, God. As we step into 10 years as a church, we want the glory. We don't want anything else. We want a spirit of adoption to be all over this house. And may the glory of God be reflective on our faces. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we thank God today at all of our locations? Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and hey, while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.